0: No one ever knew The struggle she had to go through
1: A hero without a cape Yeah, she's gonna still be great Cause she's a fighter A true survivor
0: Yeah, she's a fighter She's gonna still be great My survivor voice
1: My survivor voice
0: Hey y'all, thanks for joining me for another episode of My Survivor Voice, the podcast where voice stands for voices of independence, closure, and empowerment. I'm Danny, the founder and president of R3 Memorial Foundation Incorporated, which is also the nonprofit organization that sponsors this podcast. Our survivor guest today is Dion Sanchez. Dion is a college student and the host of Words of Heart podcast. And Dion has a pretty interesting story. She's been a survivor basically since birth. Despite not being able to hear her speak for the first few days, of, first few years I'm sorry, of her life and facing academic challenges in grade school, Dion has stared life in the face and fought to be a warrior for change through the power of her words. I'm so sure her story will encourage some and inspire others, especially some of our listeners who are parents of children with learning disabilities. So let's jump right in. Dion, thank you so very much for being willing to come on and share your story with our listeners. Um, I know you've got a lot to share, so I'm super excited for people to kind of get to know you. Why don't you just start by sharing who you are and what you do, and then just kind of tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about your history.
1: Sure. So thank you, Danny, first and foremost, for letting me have the opportunity to be on your podcast this evening. Um, for those of you who were listening just now, my name is Dion Sanchez. I am a college student, and I also have a part-time job in aftercare. And I've undergone quite a lot of issues growing up. And that is why I consider myself a warrior for change. And I would love the opportunity to share why that is when it comes to my story. Because your survivor
0: story really does start at the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about that, um, you know, not being able to speak or hear at such a young age.
1: Sure. So um, as Danny mentioned, um, that is the case of my life. Um, For the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So I really didn't learn to formulate a vocabulary or words or sounds really when I was. It didn't really start happening until I was three. and learning how to speak is probably challenging enough. Um, I did have speech therapy and physical therapy and all types of therapy um, throughout my um, toddler and um, adolescent years. Um, but that's not where the issue is as far as how I consider myself a warrior. Um, growing up, it's hard to you know fit in and get acceptance. Um, and you wouldn't think mental health would be a fundamental issue at such a young age, um, but it was an issue for me. Um, so, as I mentioned, I couldn't hear a talk for the first two years, so I was put in a specialized classroom with other kids with disabilities. So you would think that when you're in an environment with specialized kids similar to you, that interacting wouldn't be as challenging but for me, that wasn't the case. Um, they would play together in a group with blocks or toys or whatever that was at our disposal. And when my dad would get ready to pick me up for therapy, because I had it several days a week, um, he would I would be by myself in a corner playing by myself. And that continued to be the same dynamic all throughout my life, really up until I went to high, getting ready to go into high school, which I'll get into that facet of information in a little bit it was just disheartening and sad because as a you want acceptance you want to fit in and as as growing into your own and involving and developing some type of personality I feel at least from my perspective having that socialization that group socialization is fundamental to helping you achieve that and I lacked that I just I they just didn't accept me, and eventually I was put into a normalized classroom with regular peers who progress at a regular rate, because um, they acknowledge that hey, this girl is smart. Let's get her out of the specialized classroom. So I'm put in a new classroom with regular kids and a new curriculum, and have to adjust and acclimate to that new dynamic as well. And this, and the scenario did not change it left to be unresolved because I still couldn't be accepted by my peers and as a kid you get picked on for a variety of things you have four eyes or you have funny hands or something insecure or something mundane and ridiculous to be made fun of or in my case you got braces so yes braces simple things like that that really you have no control over It's just supposed to help you in some way um but for me i took being made fun of a lot harder um because i knew i was biologically different because of how i was born and it didn't seem like they i mean probably kids felt like oh you're rejecting me because i have glasses but for me you're rejecting me for simply being me and that was heartbreaking, because I couldn't change who I was. Um, to give you a more modern example, as far as my academics go, um, in the classroom, because I did mention I was put into a regular classroom, though it took me longer to learn things and process things compared to my other peers, I still worked hard and tried to show that I'm just as intelligent as anybody else. So in a classroom you're you're known to you're supposed to participate so I participated. I would answer a question it would be wrong and everybody in the classroom would laugh if someone else in the classroom would answer a question wrong nobody would laugh and it was like seriously like this like I'm I'm never going to be accepted and um, leaving into going into middle school at that point with that same scenario playing out throughout my whole entire life, um, I began to question my existence. Like, and I am a Christian, so my faith is important to me. And Kai was basically my only friend growing up. Um, I was like, God, is this what my life is meant to be? Me being alone, not having any friends? What's the point of me being here? If I were to die right now, would anybody miss me? Me and my sincere apologies if this affects anyone or any triggers for that respect. But this is just how my mental health was affected because I thought I should end it right now. Like, why am I here if I'm just meant to be alone? I try and yet people don't accept me. I'm just invisible to them. And it was disheartening. I mean, I had a good child, I had a fairly good child, I had a good family, loved ones, the whole nine. So It wasn't like I was just had a terrible, terrible childhood, but that fundamental factor took a toll on me, just not having any socialization that's so important to you coming into your own, I feel. So that continued on, um, as I mentioned, wasn't until I really got ready to go into high school that anything in my life changed. Um, There was this youth camp um, at my church, actually, before I explain that, Um, Let me show another example. And again, this is no disrespect to any church or congregation or demographic in any way. This is just my own personal experience. I still love God and church and all it represents. Um, This is just an unfortunate experience that happened to occur in the church. So. Absolutely. Right, so um, in the church I attend, There are small groups and usually in a small group setting, there are some, you know, younger kids, middle schoolers or littler kids in different groups. Um, For me, it was was, because I was in middle school, it was a middle school group and the small group leader would facilitate the group and or lead and their job really is to have people go around and share something that's vulnerable or bothering them or what's going on with you and then dive into script scripture or Bible verses pertaining to certain questions that they give you and try to apply that to some life scenario that can help you. So for me, I would get ready to share, be vulnerable and without fail, and this was really frequent as much as I wish it wasn't, someone in the group would interrupt me the second I start talking. And instead of that small group leader, telling that young individual hey this girl is talking she's being vulnerable you'll have a chance to talk that small group leader would continue a separate conversation with the girl that interrupted me and I I mean yeah I'm gonna say it's good it's forgive my language but it was like damn like I can't catch a break here like I'm just destined to be ignored and invisible right so um Again, that was really saddening and disheartening because I can't change who I am. And as much as I wanted things to change, it seemed like it wasn't gonna happen. As much as I prayed and prayer does work, it just took a long time for my prayer to be answered as I'm about to explain how that actually worked. So there was this youth camp and some of the high schooler kids, cause again, I tried everything in my power to you know, be seen. Like I'm here, I'm here. So I tried to volunteer, try to get involved. Hey, if they see my face, they'll have to acknowledge me. So um, I was trying everything in my power for that to work. Some of the high schoolers were like telling me, hey, Dion, you should go to this youth camp. You should go to this youth camp. And I was really resistant and stubborn um, because I would go to these youth camps. Obviously, I have a wonderful experience. Get closer to God. Um, in these youth camps, you are basically cut off from technology. They, the adults take your cell phones, iPads, iPods, however many devices you have, and you're basically, without any choice, have to acknowledge and communicate with other believers and fellowship and worship together and communicate and bond and get closer to God. So I'm like, okay, yay, they have to talk to me. This is great. I have friends. And then I will come home back to reality, back to normal. And my version of normal has yet to be changed. I'm still invisible. I still have no friends. It's like we didn't spend a whole week together in a camp together. So I'm like, why would I want to put myself through that again? just to end up back here by myself and no friends. So they're like, no, 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 you should go. And the one of the final nights was a topic of the Holy Spirit. And that's a really common biblical principle one n- understands and is familiar with if you're a Christian or have a spiritual belief system in any way. And I can only go off of my own interpretation of it. Um, For me, when I did experience the Holy Spirit that night, it was this a overwhelming surge of love, grace, and just purpose and fulfillment. Like my prayers were finally answered and um, I cried and fell on my knees, which is a really biblical thing to do when you do experience the Holy Spirit. So, which I did. And it was just a wonderful experience because I felt like, oh, they're like, oh, you are loved, love, We would miss <laughs> you. That moment pretty much changed everything. Like my prayer was finally answered. So from that point forward, I came home. I had friends. I got into. I went on to go into high school, and continue to work hard in my studies. And um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, um, but the doctors, who are in a medical profession, they're they're paid to be biased or or biased or however that may be, depending on your scenario of the medical field. Um, they told my family that, oh, you guys will dope her up with medication because she's basically retarded and will never amount to anything. Um, it was the 90s. There was no specific medical definition for what I had. Um, this was just some random experience that just so happened to occur to me. I'm unaware if this has occurred to other children. I'm sure it has, and there may be a term for that now, but to my own recollection, there is no term for it. Um, so, Aside from trying to get acceptance from my peers, I really had to just prove acceptance for my intelligence in general, because I had to work a thousand times as harder than anybody else. I did have, you know, special accommodations that might help me succeed at the same rate as everybody else, but I still had to work hard. So um, back to the high school thing, as far as me coming into my own and, um, Figure myself out as far as my personality and getting involved in extracurriculars. Um, I ended up graduating high school with a 3.0 GPA and two scholarships. So, in your
0: face, doctors.
1: (laughs) Yes, in your face, doctors. So, um, as I mentioned, my whole life hasn't been easy. I had to gain acceptance from my peers, which I'm so glad God answered that prayer when he did. (laughs) And I also had to prove everybody that I'm intelligent. So I had to basically survive and fight and overcome every single day of my life. And as much as I wanted that overcoming to come at a pause, that wasn't the case. So I mentioned this to you when we spoke a while back. Um, when the pandemic hit in 2020, the real brunt of it, if you will, I got diagnosed with diabetes and my family didn't take kindly to this news whatsoever. This girl has undergone so much and had to do a lot to get to where she is. And now she has to undergone this new health change and it's not fair to her, basically. And I can understand their reasoning behind that because I was at a point in my life where things were relatively somewhat normal. I was at, I was doing good in school, had a handle on it. And then all of that changed in an instant the second I got sick. Um, It was probably the most depressing time of my life. I cannot imagine a more depressing period of my lifetime ever. I could have died and turned into dust at any given moment. My family was practically crying every single day. I kept thinking if I were to go to sleep, if this was my last time I was going to go to sleep, like it was that devastating and heartbreaking and tragic, honestly. And I had just turned 24, you know, birthdays, Thanksgiving, holidays, all those holidays you're supposed to be happy for. And I just wasn't. I just, cause I could have died. I couldn't, <laughs> it was hard for me to see this lining to things. And I'm known as the optimist in my household. I mean, I was known as I'm, I'm also considered the miracle child in my family because I did eventually learn how to talk and speak and prove a lot of people wrong (laughs) as far as my intelligence goes, but it was just, it was hard. I just, I I knew God was listening and he was gonna reveal the answer, but my faith and my mental health was truly, truly shaken because I was a skeleton. Um, It was just so unbelievably hard and I, was At the point where I felt like if I was going to reveal the answer, it may be too late for me to hear the answer. Um, but luckily, he did reveal the answer um, on January 8th, 2020, right. which is when I got diagnosed, which will make it two years of being diabetic in the pandemic. Unfortunately, it's been two years into this. Um, I'm assuming, yeah, two years, it's been two years. Um, unfortunately, that is just don't happen to be the circumstances of our world when i got diagnosed so i saw my diagnosis as a blessing in disguise um and try to see the optimism of it hey i'm still alive god still wants to continue writing my story there's more purpose in my life i can witness 2020 with everybody even though i know everybody wants to hate 2020 and i completely understand that but I can't hate it because I'm alive. So I can't hate it oh, as wow. much as everybody else. Absolutely. So um, if it wasn't for that particular occurrence or experience or my diagnosis, um, I w- it wouldn't have led to the events that have followed me feeling, God calling me to be a warrior for change through my diagnosis, to be more vocal, to use the power of my voice for good. And that eventually led to me crying out to God like in the summer June 2020 God use me however you want to use me I don't want to be silent anymore I don't want to take a backseat anymore when it comes to things that matter and that that is beautiful led me to launch my podcast Words of Heart that August which would be a year ago which I'm so pretty I still hard, hard to believe that's been a year since I did that but it's just everything I've faced in my life has made me a better person for it
0: I love that. That is so beautiful. So, when you started Words of Heart, um, what were your thoughts as far as trajectory for that podcast? What were you looking to accomplish?
1: So, initially, I was intending to just share tidbits of advice pertaining to my own life experience. Initially, the um, about title was um, Daily Doses of Encouragement, (laughs) um, which eventually ended up changing over time. And I just, I had no idea what I was doing, first off. I had no-
0: We never do experience. when we start.
1: <laughs> I had no experience really projecting my voice except through spoken word videos because I am a poet. So in a way, I guess that little me starting that um th- in the midst of the pandemic, really doing spoken word videos is little did I know it would lead to me doing something more vocal and projecting my voice more and then starting this podcast, Words of Heart. So I would, I, it would be really random and I would ramble a lot. <laughs> um, I think I may have said something that made sense towards the end. Um, I, I, I tried to have a script, but I didn't follow the script. I may have followed half of the script that I wrote down. <laughs> and how I would start it, and this is at least something I kept consistently, I would either start the episode with some scripture or a song lyric or one of my own poems, because I am a poet, and then explain the emotional meaning behind it and how it may be beneficial to you in your life. That's usually the how I started everything out, um, for the first season, that is. Um, for the second season, I feel, in this current season, because I'm in season three, um, I feel like that's where the real essence or the bulk of my podcast really began to flourish. So I started having guests appear on my podcast in the second season and in this current season as well, and I feel like that is when my podcast, Words of Heart, really began to flourish and become more that and all that I've hoped it to be, um, having them share their stories of adversity, and their struggles pertaining to mental health and just them speaking from the heart. Um, it's a conversation um, dynamic similar to yours. I just let them speak and talk as much as they want and I from time to time obviously chime in with thoughts of my own pertaining to my perspective or how I feel may tie into my experience and we go back and forth into a conversation and I just am really honored in touch because usually it's the first time I'm meeting them. Um, I don't require any introductory calls. It's really just through email. And it really touches me that they are willing to be so transparent and vulnerable to someone they're really just meeting for the first time. And I'm just so grateful for my platform. And I love it to be a form of acceptance and comfort. Um, the world may not accept you, but I accept you. The world may silence you, but I will not silence you. I understand a whole lot when it comes to mental health and just the isolation, the like socialization and just thinking something is wrong with you when you're perfectly fine the way you are. And I just love that my guests, who I do have on my podcast, share that same vision as to the fact that their story can help somebody else. And that has continued to be the theme or cohesive dynamic um for the when I launched the second season and this current season and probably the many seasons moving forward because I do intend to wrap up the third season pretty soon. So
0: that's awesome. I love that. So what about Dion today? What is Dion doing outside of yeah. Words of Heart podcast? Because even though I know better than anybody probably that podcasting takes a lot of your time. But um, what are you doing outside of podcasting now?
1: Sure, so yes, there's a lot to me besides podcasting. The Soul Creator can be really overwhelming. I don't have any assistance whatsoever. So um, Deon behind the microphone is a college student and I am fortunate to have my college classes online hence me being able to produce a podcast such as mine as often as I do. In addition, I also work. And basically my job is to watch, play, and supervise over children on a daily basis. Um, They're usually about pre-kindergarten, pre-K, preschoolers. Um, It's a really great job. I love it. And considering my story and how my mental and cognitive development works and progresses, it makes it challenging to find an actual job that I can succeed in because I'm not like the typical kid or adult for that matter. So exactly. the fact that I found a job that I'm capable of and that I have experience in, um, I did mention I go to church and everything. So um, my experience with children really comes from me volunteering because like I said, I was doing everything in my power to <laughs> be seen and that- began to flourish and everything. So um as I mentioned, um that I'm a college student. I have a job. Um I like to write poetry because I am a poet. After all, my podcast is called Words of Heart. So the words and the power behind words has to come from somewhere. So um that's a little bit about me. I like to hang out with people and just have fun. And I am majoring in graphic design. So um, because of my studies. So when I do have free time I dabble in some graphics and try to convey an impactful message if possible.
0: Love it. Something else I know you like to do is that you like to dance. I've seen your reels. I still haven't <laughs> gotten into the reels yet. I'm trying to, yes. but I haven't gotten there yet, yes. but I yes. love it. Every, like they brighten up my day when I see people post the reels and yes. I love to see people dancing well, and just having a good time. I'm-
1: I had a lot of availability and free time. So I, like many people in this pandemic season, indulged in TikTok. So <laughs> I indulged in TikTok and became really addicted, very addicted. Um, so I can read me. I became really addicted, and um, my podcast, um, when I launched it, served as a perfect substitute slash replacement for my time aside from TikTok, but then Instagram got some updates (laughs) and decided to do reels, so I then became back into that TikTok mindset and decided to do reels, and that is why you see them before you. And it seems they've worked out pretty well doing reels and doing some type of good news or silly, humorous anecdote pertaining to my podcast. <laughs> and it's why you see them, so many. Um, but yeah, I upload them on. My Instagram, my other Instagrams, I do have two, a personal one aside from podcasting because I like to keep those separate, obviously. And then I upload them on Facebook because Facebook has reels now. So I'm very much immersed in reels. <laughs> I try not to be, but it's pretty fun and it's a good stress reliever. So I'm still a TikTok at heart. Yeah, just to- they're so fun to watch though. They are so fun to
0: watch. And I I have one, I think I, I posted like one, or two I just I'll think of something to do and then I'm like uh, I'm a little too old for that I'm not gonna do that and so I I talk myself out of doing reels all the time all the time and so yeah well something else that you mentioned um before we get out of here something else that you mentioned that I just wanted to commend you on as a former special education teacher is you Never given up. So often, um, I know I saw it so many times when I was teaching, my students would be 100% fully capable, but their, their peers and other educators, believe it or not, um, and sometimes people in their family will have um, convinced them that they are their diagnosis like you, this is who you are you are a sped student and this is all you're capable of so just do this so I commend you for pushing yourself realizing that you were intelligent and it didn't matter what anybody else said and taking that that drive within yourself to push yourself out into the quote unquote typical general ed classrooms which I hate that term I hate general ed it's, it's just a classroom but I that is just phenomenal to me and I love hearing stories like that because it not only gives me hope for my former students but I also have a nephew who um did not speak as well until I think Kingston started speaking when he was about four and you know some of those same um conversations were had with my sister and she would always lean on me with her being a um you know, not having a background in education and me having a background, she would always lean on me and, you know, get down on herself about what would come of her child. And I would just always reassure her that you stick with those early interventions for him, always never treat him differently, always remind him that he's fully capable. And I promise you he'll flourish. So I can't wait for her to hear this episode so she can see into the future and see that, yes, it doesn't matter what the doctors say. They don't know everything. And, you know, there are kids out there that are fully capable and realize their potential when people nourish that. So kudos to you.
1: Thank you. It's certainly wasn't easy, but it wasn't in me to give up. I had to work very, very, very hard in that in its own way almost not almost but quite frankly did develop some type of mentality that I can't fail. like have to be perfect if I fail it's like I'm failing everything like I took failure just like how I took being made fun of a lot harder I took failure a lot harder as well so I just had to keep going at it and I'm just really grateful for where my life is at right now. Um, I just shared my story, obviously, on your podcast, but to give you a little more insight into me, Dion, um, that part of my story, until I got into podcasting, I didn't make it wor- a point to share at all, not even to someone I might meet or a friend. I never made it worth sharing or acknowledging that part of my life, even though it's such a fundamental part of my life. And it was through podcasting that I understand the true depths of my story and how important it is to discuss it and share it. So I've made it a point now than ever to share my story, this part of my story. That's basically my birth story in a way.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure that those people appreciate you for being so transparent. So you're doing good work. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, um, tell everybody how they can find you, you know, your social media handles, where they can listen to
1: Words of Heart, all that good stuff. Sure. So they can find the Words of Heart podcast on Facebook. That is the Facebook page, which is Words of Heart podcast. You can also find us on YouTube under the same and wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, and Google. I do audio interviews as well as video interviews as well, which offers a different dynamic and just impacts the story even further, I feel. And if you want to get in touch with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at HeartWord25 and on Twitter at HeartWord24. Um, I'm fairly reachable um, I don't sleep <laughs> I'm weird like that plus being normal is overrated anyhow so um, it really is in touch with me <laughs> on anything going on and just one last bit of advice um, for any survivors or anyone trying to survive or just some knowledge that has set well with my heart and really represents who I am and I feel you as a listener And that is you are a warrior in spite of your circumstances.
0: Absolutely. And on that note, nothing else needs to be said. Learning disabilities affect one in every five people in the U.S. They begin in early childhood, but effects can be lifelong. However, difficulties learning do not mean an individual can't or won't be able to live a successful and meaningful adult life. With proper intervention, people with learning difficulties go on to have the same lives and careers as any other person. Some very famous people like Whoopi Goldberg, Michael Johnson, Winston Churchill, and Danny Glover have been diagnosed with learning disabilities. A diagnosis is only an alert that intervention should be implemented. For more information on learning disabilities, visit the American Speech Language Hearing Association online at www. A-S-H-A org. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to each of you survivors for listening to this month's Survivor Story, and a very special thanks to Dion for sharing her experiences with us today. As always, I hope something said today has inspired you to keep on surviving. I mean, that's the purpose of this platform, right? And if you've got a survivor story you want to share, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at my survivor voice and click the link in the bio and to keep up with me and whatever foolery I have going on at the moment. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at truly Danny underscore L and until next time, remember you can't heal what you won't reveal. So speak up, let them hear your survivor voice.